Word of God states, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Now, fathers, we come before your blessed throne of grace. We thank you for your goodness. We praise you, Father, for watching over us this day. And, Father, if you can watch over the sparrows, and, Lord, if the, the foxes have holes to sleep in, Father, we know that you take care of us. Lord, we should never doubt thee. We should always look to thee. We should always put our faith and our trust in thee. And so today I ask that you would allow your Holy Spirit to work in our midst. Father, that you would help those that may not be able to see, Lord, spiritually. Father, that their eyes may be opened. And Lord, that their hearts and their souls may be awakened, Lord, that they might be able to find you. Lord, that they might be able to see the, the blessings and the need of their lives. And these things now we ask in Jesus' name. Undergird this lesson, Father, undergird me. And help me, Father, to stand in this pulpit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of Christian baptism. Christian baptism. You say, preacher, isn't all baptism Christian? My answer to that is no, it is not. There is Christian baptism. We are where we are spiritually due to the preaching of the gospel and the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is a work of grace, a work of grace of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast, God tells us. It is by grace plus nothing and minus nothing. So our salvation is quite different than a lot of things in this world. A.T. Robertson said this, uh, one of the greatest New Testament Greek scholars of our day. He said, for in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, expresses the thought, because of, you're not baptized to be qualified for God to take away your sins, but you're baptized to show and testify that your sins are gone forever and that we are to live for the Lord that you have already had your sins washed in the blood of the Lamb of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are two definite things I feel today that the Lord would have me emphasize in uh, this introduction this morning. First of all is this. Baptism is not an instrument of regeneration. We are not saved by baptism. There are religions out there I, and I fail sometimes to even say religion but there are some beliefs out there some belief systems that believe that one way into heaven or one way into salvation is by and through baptism and that is false the Roman Catholics the Lutherans the Greek Orthodox Church and the Church of Christ all believe that the baptism is a way into the heavenlies it's a way into uh, the doorway of heaven or the gate of heaven. If it is part of regeneration, then the dying thief on the cross uh, did not go to heaven as Jesus promised him. 
because he did not go through baptismal waters, did he? In fact, Jesus said unto him, Today thou shalt be in paradise. If he allowed one to go to heaven without this, he would have to allow everyone to go to heaven that way. Because Jesus and his word is perfect, dear friends. So, secondly, I want you to know this. First of all, baptism is not an instrument of regeneration or a way into salvation. Secondly, it's not a condition for the forgiveness of sins. I'm not baptized to be forgiven of my sins. I'm baptized because I have been forgiven of my sins. Our sins are forgiven on the basis of our faith in the blood of Jesus Christ that He shed as an atonement for our sins. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, the Apostle John said this, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, not in water, in his own blood. Water never has nor never will wash anyone's sins away, dear friends. It might wash the dirt off of some of us, but it will not wash your dirty sins off of you, friends. Only the precious, redeeming, powerful Word of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ is able to take away the sins of mankind. And because of that, dear friends, we then have to be obedient to the promise that God has given unto us, and we have to be obedient to the things that God has asked us to do, and baptism is one thing that Jesus Christ did Himself. And so we follow in faith with Him, just like we do when we partake of communion. Uh, Jesus says, This do in remembrance of Me. But yet, dear friends, we also do these other things to signify that we are ready to be walking for the Lord, doing things for God, that we have been saved, that our sins have been purged under the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are no longer on our way to hell, but now we're on our way to heaven. Praise God. What a blessing. Now I want us to examine Christian baptism. And I want you to notice first today the mandating of baptism. Though baptism is not essential to salvation, it is commanded by our Lord to His disciples. Here in our scripture we read here just a few moments ago, and He says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. If you'll pay close attention in a few moments when these young people come up and they walk into the baptismal waters, I will ask them a question. I will ask them, are you sure that you have been saved? And if they have that assurance, dear friends, as they have already told me that they have that assurance, they will look to me and they'll say, yes, I do know that I am saved. And that is a key factor, dear friends, because again, these baptismal waters does not wash your sins away. It does not save you, friends. Salvation must come first. And then when I take them under the water, I will say that I am baptizing you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus told us to do. And we're to obey His Word. These first disciples, they baptized and they testified of the fact. And we must get the proper order, dear friends, when we do things in our church. 
In fact, God tells us in His Word that, that things must be decently and in order in our church. That's how they're to be done. And sometimes that is not done, is it? Sometimes it's amiss. It's, it's getting things backwards. Or as uh, my parents used to tell me, sometimes we get the cart before the horse, do we not? And that's not what God intended for us. And so the mandating of baptism began in the Word of God through Jesus Christ. Christ Himself is the one who instituted baptism. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 16, He says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now what sends a woman or a man or a boy or a girl to hell? Is it baptism? Not being baptized? Or is it salvation or not being saved? Well, being saved sends us to heaven. We, I think we can uh, find that as an assured fact. But not being saved will send you to hell, dear friends. We must be saved. We must be born again. And we must see both parts of verse 16 here because he speaks both of salvation and of baptism. Now, I think sometimes we failed in our churches to help people to understand the truth about this. And I know we have young people that's coming to be baptized today. And, and I must help you to understand something today too. That these young people, they have been saved. They have realized in their heart that they're sinners. <coughs> Excuse me. And that the only way that they can ever go to heaven is bind through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so they asked Jesus Christ to come into their heart. They repented of their sins. And they prayed the prayer. And as they prayed that prayer, the Holy Spirit came into, inside of their lives, inside of their soul, and now is leading them and guiding them. And that's why they have requested to be baptized. And as we do this today, this... It is such an outward showing that these young people now have given their hearts to the Lord and they're going to live for the Lord. Now, does that mean that they'll never do anything wrong again? No. They're children. I mean, you adults find it hard to do everything right all the time. Amen? And so children will still make mistakes. Children sometimes will still sin, just like you and I will make mistakes and still sin sometimes. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, and verses 18 through 20 that we read, our text scripture, is clear about our responsibility. We have a responsibility to tell every single person out there that they need to be saved. And then all those people that have been saved, we have another responsibility that they should follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Now that's due to the, to the command that Jesus Christ gives unto us. And so we have the mandate, first of all, under the mandate, we have that Christ instituted baptism. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then secondly, we have the fact that the apostles preached it. I mean, the early disciples and the early apostles, they, they preached this in the churches that were beginning of that day. It was proclaimed not as a way to receive salvation, but as a testimony that people had been saved. I remember the day that I was saved. And I also remember the day that I was baptized. And I remember coming into those waters. I did not believe that those waters were washing away any of my sins. 
And that had already been accomplished through the blood of Jesus Christ. I had already asked Him to come into my heart and to save me. But as I walked into those baptismal waters, what a blessing. Because there was something else that God had laid upon my heart too. And I asked my pastor, I said, Pastor, is it okay if I share with the congregation when I am baptized? And he said, yes, sir. It was when I passed through those baptismal waters that I announced my call to preach. So the same day I was baptized, I also announced my call to preach, and I have been preaching ever since then. From the age of 16, I have been preaching the gospel. I am now 58 years old. And I can remember in my mind as I passed through those waters and I came to that little glass part or, or fiberglass part there and I held my hands as they were shaking. It was the very first time I spoke to a congregation and I said, God has saved me and God has called me to preach. Now we don't know what God may call these young people into. We don't know if God may allow these girls to marry a missionary and go off to some foreign country and lead many people to the Lord. We don't know if Aiden may one day become a preacher and he himself stand in a pulpit one day and preach the gospel message. We don't know that today. And we will not know that until God lays it upon their hearts what he desires for them to do. You say, preacher, does everyone have to be a preacher or a missionary? No, they do not. We just have to do exactly what God calls us to do. We have to be committed to that, and we have to obey. And sometimes God just calls us to be committed church members. Sometimes He just calls us to be dedicated to the cause of Christ. Sometimes He calls us to be teachers. Sometimes He calls us to be deacons. Sometimes He calls us into other works of the Lord. Sometimes He just wants us to be a, a good, solid Christian and dig ditches. Amen? You don't have to have some high job or some high profession in this world to be a Christian nor necessarily a low position in this world to be a Christian. You just have to obey God and listen to Him. And that's what the apostles preached early. And I think, dear friends, if we preach any other gospel than this, we have missed the mark and we have made God very upset, dear friends. And then we find something else. Thirdly, under this mandate of baptism, we find the New Testament church members, they submitted to it. In Romans chapter 6 and verses 3 through 6, he says this, Know ye not that so many of us uh, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into His death. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, so we shall also in likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, I like that, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. It's a signification when we are baptized that we are dying to the flesh, that we're being resurrected, and we're being raised to newness of life. That's why we take people and put them under the water. Amen? We don't sprinkle 
We don't do things of that nature because God tells us that it is an immersion. Baptize or baptizo, it means to immerse, to put under. And so we look at this understanding. In Colossians chapter 2 and verses 11 through 12, he says this, "...in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands." in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And what that verse means is that that cutting away of the flesh is now not a fleshly thing or a physical thing. It is something that spiritually God does with us through our salvation. He cuts the flesh away from us and no longer are we living in the flesh. Now well, once we get saved, we're living in the Spirit. And we're letting the Spirit of God lead us. He continues on in verse 12. He says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Amen. You know, the Bible says that they gladly received the word and were baptized. Well, I tell you, there's two things there that's most important. You and I today, we must gladly receive the word of God. As we sit in our pews, and, and sometimes when I sit in the pews and, and hear preachers preach, I must gladly receive the Word of God. I must be excited about the Word of God. I must be willing and wanting to hear more and more and more. It should make me hungry to hear more of the gospel than I've ever heard before. And then he tells us there about the baptism. He says we should be excited about hearing the Word of God and gladly receive it, and then we should understand and continue in baptism. Again, sprinkling and baptism are not synonymous. They're entirely two different things. One requires a little water, and the other requires a lot of water. Amen? <laughs> I mean, it took us, what, three days to fill the baptistry up here. We have to put it in slow. <laughs> But you know what? God does not put his salvation in slow. God puts his salvation in instantaneously, just like that. When you ask Christ to forgive you of your sins and you, you repent of those sins, immediately Christ saves you. Immediate, dear friends. And by the way, we don't wait for a second work of grace. We don't wait for those things uh, like speaking in tongues or, or some other thing that, that this world has decided that they thought might be necessary we don't wait for those things because those things are not meant for us in this day. And then we have this, this mode of baptism itself. The mode of which that God brings baptism into our thoughts is, is by the Word. That's why the Word of God is so important unto us. That's why the preached Word is so important for us to hear. That's why we need to be in the house of God. That's why we need to hear the preaching of the Word. And then we have the example of our Savior. I mentioned just briefly about that, but in, in John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34, he says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water." 
And John bare record saying this, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode on him, upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day after John stood and the two disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Why does God talk in his scripture about baptism and, and, and being baptized into salvation? The reason he says that, dear friends, is because that is a part of salvation itself. He's not talking at that point about going through the waters. He's talking about being baptized into the Holy Ghost and allowing Christ, Holy Spirit, to come into our lives. Walking through the waters is an after thing of those two things. So what is the meaning of baptism then, preacher? Well, it's identification. We are identifying with Jesus Christ. The water speaks of a grave. Christ went down into the grave and he came up alive, victorious and resurrected. It identifies us with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You today that in this church are saved and you've never been baptized, you have not identified with Jesus Christ. You're saved and you're on your way to heaven, but you're not identifying in your life that you're a child of God and that you're a Christian. And maybe that's why people around you in your workplace, maybe why people in the world don't know anything about you being a Christian. Because when you identify with Jesus as a Christian, when you identify with his death, burial, and resurrection, you want people to know that. Amen? I want people to know I'm saved. You know, I, I don't shy back. I, I'm not ashamed of telling people that I'm saved. I'm not ashamed of praying over a meal in a, in a crowded, fast-moving restaurant. I'm not, I'm not afraid or ashamed of those things. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God, dear friends, unto our salvation. I wonder today, though, if we truly have, in each and every individual, if we truly have an identification with Christ. So it's an identification. But secondly, it's a declaration that we are dying out of the old way of life, that we want to seek spiritual things now that are above where Christ is. And sin is not there. But where Christ sits on the right hand of God, and listen, dear friend, is make an intercession for us. You see, we stop living just to please ourselves, but we live to please the Lord. I was not put on this earth to please me. I was not put on this earth to please my wife or my children. I was not put on this earth even to please you, dear friends. I was put on this earth to please Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And if I fail in pleasing Jesus Christ, then I have failed most miserably. I am to obey Him. I am to obey His leadership. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. So before we were saved, we were dead. Now, you may have, you may have looked alive, and you may look alive now. I mean, you might walk through this world the way you do, but when you stand before God, God will say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I know you're not. Because you're still dead in your sins if you've never accepted Jesus Christ. 
we had no spiritual life in us before our new birth. We had to be born again from above. And that's what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 3. You know, dear friends, and, and Nicodemus couldn't understand that, could he? He said, how can I be born again? How can I enter into my mother's womb twice? And Jesus told him, he said, it's not a, it's not a fleshly birth that you have to go through. It's a spiritual birth that you go through. And you receive the Spirit of God in your heart. Wow. The next one is anticipation. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm anticipating going to heaven. Are you? Are you excited about going to heaven? Are you really excited about going to heaven? Let me hear it if you're really excited. Amen? Amen. I wonder if some of you really are. You know? I'm excited about going to heaven. You know, we, we shouldn't just sit in our pews like bumps on logs, you know. <laughs> I mean, we should be praising the Lord. We should be lifting up His name with great anticipation knowing that one day Jesus is going to burst open that eastern sky and He's going to come back riding on a cloud of glory and the trumpet call is going to be blown and you and I which are here, those in the grave, the graves will be bursted open and those will rise up and you and I that remain will be called up then with God in heaven. Tell you what, I want to, I want to take off, run a little bit, amen. Somebody better come up here and hold my mule while I take off. Oh, I'm telling you, folks, anticipation, the excitement, the excitement of knowing that I'm going to heaven, and when I walk through those baptismal waters, I already know that, dear friends. There's nothing greater than knowing that we're saved. There's nothing greater than knowing that I'm saved and I'm baptized, and I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. I am declaring to the world that I am not going to follow you no more. I'm declaring to the devil that I'm spitting in your eye every single day, devil, and I'm not going to walk with you, and you're not, you may bother me, but I'll never chase after you again. Oh, my goodness, what sweet, sweet anticipation. And then I think of this as we close this thought out today. What are the benefits of baptism? Oh, <laughs> you say, preacher, there's benefits? Well, everything that God gives us benefits us, you know. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 21 says, The answer of a good conscience toward God. Conscious tells us something is right or wrong. Do you know that through baptism, God gives us a good conscience because we already know and we're making these declarations unto God and unto the world? It's a joy to know that you have obeyed God. Amen? When you do something for God, does it not make you feel good? This past week we had Scripture Assembly here at the church, and, and praise God, I mean, it felt so good sitting there to uh, fold those Scriptures and do all those things. And by the way, I haven't said this to you yet, but thank God and praise God for everybody who made it possible for us to do these Scriptures. And, and thank God for everybody who came and worked and did the Scriptures. I think we had uh, 20, 29,102 Scriptures that we did. The most we've ever done, dear friends. That makes you feel good to do something for God. It makes you feel good to obey God and to listen to Him. So in conclusion, there's three things I want to mention to you. First of all, we're saved by grace alone through faith. Only. 
Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 again says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you could save yourself today, you'd be sitting back there right now saying, Yep, preacher, I'm saved. How do you know it? Because I did it myself. You know, the world says, I did it my way. Isn't that what the song writer and the, the singer sung I did it my way but listen God doesn't want us doing it our way God wants us doing it his way dear friends and sadly enough there's too many people that have done it their way and they're going to be mistaken one day when they stand before God and God says depart so we are saved by grace alone through faith and we're commanded to be baptized and then number three Let's get others to God. Amen. Let's make sure we get others to God so that these baptismal waters will stir for the glory of God. I mean, dirt should not have time to get in the baptistry. Uh, Sister Trudy can tell you the other day when she was up here cleaning off the baptistry and cleaning the baptistry, there was uh, some little spider webs in there. There were some little bugs, creepy crawlies. Now, they're not there now, by the way. I'm glad them young people aren't in here because they would have probably said, Ooh, you know. Well, those bugs aren't in there now because we cleaned it out. Well, she did. Got it taken care of and started putting that water in there. And Oh, listen, dear friends. This baptistry up here, it ought to have water in it continually all the time because souls are being saved and souls are following in their commandment of God to be baptized and they're walking through the waters and every single Sunday we ought to be taking people through the water. That's how God said to do it. In fact, he said that immediately after they're saved they should be baptized. And sometimes in our society of today we don't, we don't have that ability but if the waters were there all the time and if we were doing what we were supposed to be doing as a church, we would have to be busting out these walls and building more size of a church because God would be blessing. And dear friends, that's what God wants us to do. Amen? And if we could just get that mindset, get ourselves out of the way and put God in the place where we are in our thoughts and in our minds, how much more then could we do for God? Well, praise God. I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you that if there's someone in this congregation that you have been saved but you've never been baptized, today is the day that you can be baptized. Today is the day that you can come to me and you can say, Preacher, I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven, but I've never been baptized and I, I want to be baptized today. Say, Preacher, I didn't bring clothes with me or anything. That's okay. We have baptismal robes back there. You can slip into that and go through those baptismal waters and you can go out. I'm sure we got towels here at the church and you can get dried off and, and you can put your clean, dry clothes back on and walk out of this church knowing that you have given your heart and your life to the Lord and that you're identifying with Christ because you've done that. I'm giving you an opportunity to do that today. In a few moments, we're going to have an invitation. And when we give that invitation, if you want to do that, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. And then I'm going to ask you to just depart quietly out and come up here with me and we'll go down and, and get things ready and we'll baptize you, friends. But again, first of all, you must be saved. And so here's my next thought. My next question is, are you saved? 
do you know for sure if you died right now you'd go to heaven? Because if you do not know that, friend, you can be saved today, and then you can go through the baptismal waters too. But you must be saved. And so I'm asking you, friends, I'm asking you these two things to think about today. So with everyone standing, all heads bowed and all eyes closed, pianist coming, song director coming, God knows who you are today. God knows if you've been saved, if you've not been saved. He also knows if you've been baptized or if you have not been baptized. And so you have an opportunity now to make that right with God. Complete, complete this circle. This circle that you started when you got saved, if you are saved. If you've been saved and baptized, then you know what? The next thing that we're supposed to do is to work for the Lord and dedicate wholly and commit that life to Him. So I'm asking you today, is there one in the church that says, Preacher, that I'm saved but I've never been baptized and I would like to do that today. Would you slip up your hand where you are? Is there one anywhere? Preacher, I'm saved but I've never been baptized. I want to be baptized today. Will you slip up your hand? All right, I'm going to take it a step farther. You say, Preacher, I, I, I've been saved. I've never been baptized, but I want to do that, just not today. Will you slip up your hand where you are? Preacher, I want to be baptized. And then here's the next question. Preacher, what you've said today, it moves my heart. It, it moves my thinking. And I want to know that I'm on my way to heaven. I've never asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. Is there one out there today that would say, I've never asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart? Will you slip that hand up so I can pray for you? Is there one today? I've never been saved. Heavenly Father, as we come before your throne of grace, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for blessing us and Lord, taking us into a next step in our lives. And Father, I ask you today that you might be the encouragement to us and the strength and encouragement that we need from you. Lord, this lesson, these scriptures that we read today, that they might be the foundation that we can build upon. And then, Lord, we'll give you praise and honor. Lord, many in the congregation today, and I pray, Father, that you would bless each one. But, Father, my deepest prayer is that everyone is saved, truly. They know for sure if they died now, they'd go to heaven. So, Father, I ask you, Lord, to speak to their hearts if they haven't. Convict them of their sins. Help them to see their, the error of their ways. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Sister Heather is going to come up in a few moments, and uh, y'all going to sing some songs, if you would. Uh, there's some men, I think, that's going to come up and help move the pulpit here so folks can see the baptistry. And uh, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Uh, those men that, there we go, thank you. I appreciate it, fellas. All right, Sister Heather, thank you. We're going to sing a couple songs while Pastor gets changed.
Um, the first song we're going to sing is 454. Five hundred and seventy five. You'll notice the theme.
Crystal wants us to sing happy birthday because I missed it. <laughs> Do you think we should? <laughs> I heard, yeah, okay. <laughs> you can stay seated, but we'll sing happy birthday. Huh? Well, I'll sing it. <laughs> oh, it's Stacy Elsha's birthday. And my husband's birthday, but I'm not supposed to mention that. <laughs> So it, we're gonna sing to Stacy. <laughs> That's what it says in the bulletin. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. To you, only one will not do. Born again in salvation, how many have you? We don't have any anniversaries today. I didn't. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, in fact, I'd like to sing when we all get to heaven, which some of us might be getting there sooner now than others. which is 673. We'll sing the first verse. I think they're almost ready. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. Praise the Lord. Shouting the victory is what we ought to be doing as a child of God. And uh, what a sweet, sweet day it is. It's good to see y'all. Y'all look a little different from way back here. <laughs> Smaller. <laughs> All right, we are going to uh, baptize Avery and then Kenzie and then Aiden. And the water's a little cool this morning, so uh, it'll be okay.
upon your confession of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, you have accepted him, and I now baptize thee in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord and you've been saved. I now baptize thee in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. ask everyone if you would please stand with us. God is so good, isn't he? All the time he's good. He's never, there's never a bad time that, that, that God is. There's never a bad time with God. So praise God for his love and his mercy. Uh, parents and grandparents and family of these that were baptized, I appreciate that for y'all coming into the house of God today. And please don't let this be the only time that you come here. Please come back, amen. Come back and be with us here in the house of God. We love you and we appreciate you. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before your precious throne of grace, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love and your mercy. And Father, we know that we could not have these young people baptized today unless they had been saved. And Father, they could not have been saved if you had not allowed your son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross and be uh, crucified and then to be buried and, and then, Lord as you rose him again. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the blessing now that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And, Lord, one day we know that we're going to get to go there and be with you in heaven. And so we look forward to that day. And now I pray, Father, that you'll help this congregation to pray for these young people, encourage them, take them off to the side, disciple them, and help them to know all there is to know about being a Christian. These things we ask in Jesus' name and for his sake alone. Amen. Well, God bless you and goodbye. We'll see you all tonight. Or actually, I won't see you, but Brother Woody will see you tonight. He's speaking tonight.